I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. Having a course allows you to reach way more people that you probably wouldn't have been able to reach because you just don't have the time in your day. I mean, we, none of us really started our businesses to spend like a million years working. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. This is episode 85. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would love to know what you think. For today's episode, we're chatting about whether or not it's worth creating an online course, which is something Jesse has had some experience with, with her own brand photographer method course. And um, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs have been kind of considering it for a while. I know I've always thought about what if I made a course about how to start your blog or something, you know, we all have these thoughts. So we're yeah. hoping that you guys have a lot to take away from this episode. We're excited to have our guest on to talk about this today. But before we go any further and get into the real nitty gritty, what are you drinking today, Jesse? So I'm actually having uh, a Lana Kugel's summer shandy. I don't know if you've ever had one, yes, but I have. It's like kind of, I feel like it's a, in between like a cider and a beer. If that makes sense. I don't yeah, know. That's like no, the best I mean, way no. to describe it. No, it makes sense to me. It makes sense yeah. to me. And it is, I've had those. It is delicious. It's a very New England kind of thing. Yeah. I think of um, the summer shandies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I do enjoy that. What was I drinking the other day? Somebody introduced me to a drink and it was like, um, oh, it was just like seltzery and had le- like, a le- oh, the lemon cello um oh um the lemon cello seltzer water and i forget the brand um interesting yeah it's like oh la croix what am i talking about la croix la croix oh, yeah. yeah it's really really good i Ooh. mean no alcohol in it but i'm sure it would be great if you added it to just add a little vodka yeah i know but it's yeah. it's those are really good those mm. are like deli- and it's perfect you know that it's 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 of the same vein of the the summer shandy it's that lemony refreshing yeah. flavor so love it yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah definitely all right well i guess we're we're both very refreshed for today's episode so let's get into our discussion with our guest Katie Miller of the Miller Social Miller is a social media strategist and course creator with a background in education and instructional design and development. She helps entrepreneurs create money-making courses and build a social strategy that makes a big impact. She is also a wife, mom, self-proclaimed coffee snob, and loves a good target wander. And today she's going to talk to us about whether or not you should create an online course and whether or not it'll be worth it for you. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, very excited to get into this. Now, first off, we're excited to dissect all the things, but we must begin with what are you drinking today? Well, so I last week I was sick, so it's not that exciting. It's more um, water with a splash of orange juice, which is what I have like all day, all day long with me. Getting that vitamin C in. Well, are you feeling better now? So much better. It was a uh, nice little smack of COVID. <laughs> I had that. A cu- I had a couple of that a couple weeks ago, and yeah, that was it was not fun at it's all. It's not fun. So yeah, so we're back in it now. So oh, hopefully, brain is working. You got that got... negative test and everything. Go yeah, good for exactly. you. Good. I know it's it was funny after two years. 
we finally hit our house and I was like, wow, how, how did that happen? Finally yeah, same, hit us. Same, oh, same. Geez. Well, Jesse <laughs> gave a little bit about um, what you do now, but tell us a little bit about how you got to that and uh, exactly what it is you do in your words. Sure. So my background is in education and instructional design. So I was a teacher, an elementary school teacher. I was an instructional technology coach for a while. And then I had my kids and decided I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to stay home. So I stayed home with them for a couple of years and started to get an itch to do something again and kind of like move beyond the diapers and play dates. And I was like, I have degrees, so we should use those. So I wanted to do something and joined a network marketing company. And that gave me kind of like all the social media marketing experience. And what I found when I did that is everyone was getting the same assets, but we had to figure out how to market ourselves. And so I figured out how to market myself well and started showing other people how to do that. So that's kind of where my company, Miller Social, started. A big difference, I I would go to these trainings and I would hear these experts and like the people who are really comfortable on social media talk about what you're supposed to do. And it wasn't working for the people who aren't comfortable on social media. So that's kind of been a big part of my mission with my business for the social media side and the course creation side. I pulled the course creation side back in about a year ago. Um, I done it for myself, kind of done it off and on, but I really wanted to start uh, marrying the two sides and helping people build their course, but then launch it with social media. So that's kind of how, how it all came together, all the twists and turns of it. Nice. So how, how was that? Um, you know, we talk a little bit, I just want to briefly touch upon how, how was it going from staying home to like that itch to, to building your business? Like what was like, what was the time frame? I'm just curious, like how long did it take you to kind of get back into like doing your own business? It was about two years when I started my network marketing company. And then it was a couple of years after that, that I was wanting to do something on my terms and um, wanting to build something in a way that worked for me. But the biggest pull for me was that my husband's schedule is so crazy that I wanted a way that I could be at home and do something um, for me. So that was how it kind of like I, I got to the point where I was like, all right, we're out of the baby stage. We're out of the like really hard. I barely sleeping stage into I can think again. Um, so let's do something again for myself and start to use my expertise. And I didn't I knew I didn't want to um, I didn't want to sacrifice my time with my kids or being able to drop them off at school. But I wanted to be able to like still build something. So that was kind of that. the stage of life where it happened. Nice. I think it's so important that you emphasize the fact that you wanted something for you as, you know, mm-hmm. as a fellow mom, you know, it, it's so important that we, kids eventually aren't going to need us as much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just, my daughter's three and I'm like, we're just going through like the potty training stages and everything. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, she's not going to need me as much. And I'm so glad I started my own business, you know near, you know, right after she was born, because I have something that like when she's going to school next this, this, this September, I can be like, oh, thank goodness. I'm not just sitting around waiting for her to right. get home. It's important for us to have something, to have a purpose. I totally agree. And I think when you you start to remember that you were a person before kids, too, <laughs> that you're yes. like, oh, my whole, your whole world becomes about your kids. But at, at the same time, you're like, but wait, I was a whole person before and I did things. And 
So you start to get into like that creative outlet, which I think is a huge part of who I work with, especially a lot of people who are just need that creative outlet and that thing for themselves. Yes. I, my mom used to say, you know, when she would do things for herself, she'd be like, you know, I want something for myself. I'm very used to being Kate's mom. And I Mm -hmm. used to not quite understand that. And now I'm, I, I know very well because I'm Ariel's mom and it's, yes, it's very well, whole different world, whole different world. Well, you know, Jesse actually has a, has an online course. I do not. So this is kind of an, this will be an interesting conversation for me, but you know, they're all the rage people have been anybody, any, in any industry has been able to start a course. It seems like, and there's a lot of noise out there telling people that they need to create a course, create a course. It's a great way to make money. So Jesse, this is actually your question here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of, so just being a course creator myself and going through the whole process, you know, why, I mean, I know, but tell our audience, like why creating a course could be beneficial to someone's business um, and how to navigate all that noise that, that we hear about, like, you definitely need to do it, but like, yeah, tell us, tell us your, in your words. You're right. There is a lot of noise out there and you will hear everybody tell you to create a course. And uh, my personal philosophy is yes, everybody has something that they can teach. The, uh, the difference is how you put it out there and what the course looks like. Cause I feel like people look at it and they're like, Oh my gosh, a course that's so much. I don't even know where to start. But I think the benefits of it are that obviously the financial ones, cause yes, it's a great way to bring in a passive income. That's kind of the obvious ones, but they, it's allowing people more access to you because you're one person. You only have so much time in the day to uh, help clients. You only have like a capacity for client help or for one-on-ones. You only have so much time that you can do that. And having a course allows you to reach way more people that you probably wouldn't have been able to reach because you just don't have the time in your day. I mean, none of us really started our businesses to spend like a million years working That's not why we wanted to do it. We wanted to have the flexibility and having a course allows you to have that flexibility and pare down on the one-on-ones if you want to. Um, It also doesn't require more than you already know, which is my favorite part. I mean, kind of goes back to like, you already have the skills to do it. So when people say like, yes, you should create a course and you take out the financial part of it, it's like, it doesn't require a lot more of you. And I think people get scared of how much it requires. Um, but if you think about that, that you, it's access to you, it's, it's a great way to, um, entry point for people, um, for people who have never experienced what you offer maybe, or they're kind of familiar with you, but they're not really ready for the one-on-ones that point that you can meet them before it's kind of like the, I don't want to say like priming people for the, what you have to offer. It gives them the opportunity to see how you can change what change or help them. In some way, my brain stopped working there for a second, but to <laughs> how you can help them in some way. Um, and then it can kind of build your client list that way. Yeah. I've seen people structure their offers um, in a way that I guess you could say related back to access. So you've got mm-hmm. your one-on-one services, then maybe you have your like, you know, your group, maybe it's a live group program that you have. And then maybe you have like the pre-recorded one where it's like your access to the SME, this, you know, the person that has all the experience, um, varies and the price points reflect that. So one-on-one is obviously going to cost the most. Maybe you have like a live group program, 
um, but it's group, it's not individualized. So maybe that's a little bit less. And then like your lowest tier would be like the pre-recorded where maybe there's no live component to it. They maybe get some support through like a, either like a Slack channel or a Facebook group or something like that. Um, now you talk about that. There's like this idea that like three courses that, that you need for your business. Now, like I have my, my one course and, you know, I, I'm, I'll be the first to say like, it is a lot of upfront work, but we're, we're, we're going to talk about that maybe later in the discussion, because first of all, I think people are interested. Okay. Like what are these courses that could be beneficial to my business? So why don't you go ahead and dive into it? Sure. So there, I break it down into three courses because I think when people think about courses, they think about this signature, like the Mac daddy course, the one that has all the things it's like the most transformational. It's like weeks long. It costs so much. So when people think about course creation, they're like, oh, I need to create this big, massive thing. And that's not the only type of course. That's the first one is there's a signature course. It's what you're known for. That's going to be either a replacement or a complement to what your one-on-ones are. It's the highest ticket offer. They do require the most work, the most tech, the most um, energy to get them up. So that is the biggest one. And I think when you first start creating courses, don't start there. Because that's that's the most overwhelm can be the most overwhelming if you don't have experience creating a course. The second one is a focused course, and that's going to be on one topic. So something like like an Instagram strategy, like simple Instagram strategy, where you can break down just that. Here's the like three or four things that you need to know. It's a lot more focused in terms of um, your subject. So instead of doing like all of social media, you're just doing Instagram. And that's going to be something, again, it can complement your one-on-ones. It's a good entry point for your clients. If you're, you find yourself repeating yourself a lot with people and you're, you're going into your one-on-ones and you're always having to cover these kind of like basics before you dive into the meat of things, um, a focused course is a great place to kind of take care of that need, create something so that you can have clients start there when they first sign on. Here's the basics of what you need to know. And then when you get into a one-on-one, you can really start diving deep into something. It's kind of that, obviously it's going to be the middle of the road price point. It's not as high as your signature. It's not as low as the next one, which is my most favorite course ever. Um, And that's the mini course. I think that a mini course is something that every business can do quickly because it's usually enhancing something that you are already offering. Like if you think about your freebie, uh, you, how can you turn that into a little how-to video? This is going to be, this is like super focused. The, the hardest part is between these two, the mini course and the focused course is paring down what you're putting in there. Cause we want to give so much. We want to put it all out there. We want to give you all the information, but you don't want to make courses overwhelming. So the mini course is a great way to start. It's also a low ticket offer. So, I mean, someone can justify spending $37 for an entry point course if they don't know you that well. They're like, oh, let me see what she's all about. They're not going to dive into something that's like $10,000 if they've never heard of you. So when we start, I, I recommend that most people most of my clients are coming to me with an idea and we're kind of pairing it into a more focused signature. But if someone is thinking about passive income, the mini course is a great quick way to start and dive into the passive income and dive into courses. Hey, honestly, I didn't expect like how you were going to break it down. I was almost thinking of like the types of courses, but not really like the level of that. So um, it makes a lot of sense. And 
And like, I'm just thinking about like my own course, which is like, literally it's a, it's definitely a signature course because it's like all the modules, all the things soup to nuts. And it was my first course and it was a boatload of work to create and even maintaining the course, like mm-hmm. making sure all the material is still relevant. I'm already thinking like, okay, I, I already need to go back and like record some re-record some modules because things change so quickly. Yeah. Um, so I'm a photographer. So my course is all about how to pivot into brand photography. And like, I'm already thinking like, oh my gosh, I need to like already update this. So, um, I like the idea of like the mini course, because I feel like that even if it gets out of date, it'd be like way easier to like update because maybe it's only like one 15 minute video. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know exactly like what mini courses can look. It sounds like it's pretty, pretty like simple based on what you've said. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So how, you know, I, I think with all this noise and like, you know, I, I see it all the time on Instagram and Facebook, like, Oh, you know, how to start doing the course and how to make, you know, $5,000 passively through courses, well, all the things, you know, and it can be really intriguing to a business owner, especially when you are really a one-to-one service provider like me. I'm a photographer. It's hard for me to scale my business because it's just me. And I could hire other photographers, but that's like, I don't want to be a manager. Like, I'm not going to do that. So other than like, just the, how am I going to scale my business? Like what other things should people start thinking about to let them know that they're ready to start a course? Like what, like how, how do you know when you're, if you're in a position to take that next step? Yeah, sure. So this is a common question that I get because um, people are like, I don't know if I have something, like, I don't know if this could be something. Uh, there's a couple of questions. If you ask yourself, uh, you'll know if you have something. Number one, everyone has something that they can teach. It's just whether you're ready. <laughs> it's whether you're ready to build it. So the first one is, what are people asking you all the time? Do you get the same questions all the time? It's kind of like your frequently asked questions. Are you getting DMs about certain things? Are people always like coming to you for help with something related to your business? It could be how you've built your business. It could be related to um, a specific topic. So if someone is all, if you keep getting the same questions over and over again, then it would be beneficial to create something that you could direct people to instead of spending that time answering the same question over and over again. So that kind of, that has to do with client work too. So if you have clients that are coming to you and they have the same problem all the time, like they're always running into this issue of, I don't understand X, Y, Z, or I don't know how to do this part, then probably more people need that too. More people are asking that question. They just haven't asked you yet. So creating an offer around that there's kind of little clues throughout what you do to um, to let you know when whether you're ready. I will say that when I first started my business, I was like, I'm going to create a course. This is going to be amazing. And I have experience creating a course, but I didn't have an audience. So it was a big flop. Like no, I was creating something that I thought people needed. It wasn't what people actually needed. And that's what course in course creation can trip a lot of people up. They're like, I'm going to create a course about this and it's going to be so amazing. Well, if you haven't had those questions from people or you haven't heard that people actually need it or you haven't asked your audience, then it's not going to do well. And then you're going to be bummed and you're going to think courses are trash and you're not going to ever want to create one. But you have to kind of think of like, okay, what are people asking me? What do they need help with? What are they coming to me for? And how can I put something together to give them this information without uh, taking away all of my time? 
No, that makes sense. Now, I have a follow-up question on course creation because I think when we're told, you know, and you kind of alluded to this in, uh, earlier, I think when we're told like, oh, create a course, it's going to be an easy way to make money. People kind of underestimate how much work it can actually be like, yes, you know, if you get it set up smartly, you know, it can become somewhat of a passive way to make income, but that's definitely not how it is in the beginning. It's not. Can you peel back a little bit of the mystery there involved? Sure. So there, I think that kind of goes back to like, people think that they need to create the signature course first. It is a lot of work. It can be a lot of work up front and when you go into course creation and you think my course is going to look like X and mm-hmm. um, that's a big mistake. Cause you don't know how your course is going to look. You don't know what type of course you're going to create until you get all that information out of you. So I think when you look at like the, all the pieces of course creation, and this is what I try to do for people is really breaking down the, the, like, what is it actually involved? Cause sure you could go record a video tomorrow um, but you don't need all the fancy stuff. Like uh, you don't need the fancy platforms. You don't need um, to have like amazing graphics. You can actually put something out there that helps people that's not super fancy or has a crazy launch. Um, there's just, there's so many different ways to do it, which is why it's so overwhelming because you start doing research of like, let me create a course. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to Pinterest. And there's like one thing says there's seven ways to do it. Seven steps. Another one says there's like 525 and you're like, I don't know where to start. So I think really the starting with breaking down what information you have to share and going from there is how, how you need to like navigate the process instead of having it all figured out at the beginning, because you're not going to, you're going to run into something that changes the whole thing. Yeah. No, I know it always is. Right. Now you were talking about, you know, having the fancy stuff, like what, what should, what app systems and apps should people be looking for when it comes to their course rate creation? So I, I don't think people should invest a ton at their first course. I don't think you have to invest a ton of money to start a, to create something tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If you have, most of us have Zoom for business or Canva, you can record videos in that. We, I personally use Google Drive for organization. That's like I live on my Google Drive with my clients. That's how we send all of our information back Ditto. and forth. And our, you know, it's just, I can access it from anywhere. So it's super easy. So that's probably my top. I use iMovie for editing. Um, I use Canva for my graphics and worksheets and materials. And then my course platforms, you don't even have to have a course platform to launch a course. You could do it through email. You can do it through your, um, like I use ConvertKit for my email provider. You can launch a course using ConvertKit. There are ways to do it where you're not investing like thousands of dollars to start because I think that's part of it too. Not only is it overwhelming, but you're like, well, now I'm going to be investing all this money and I don't know if I'm going to get it back. So if you want to do the simple way, you can just launch it like on a secret page on your website. Like there's a, a number of different ways, but the course in terms of course platforms, there are a lot of free options. I don't think that you need the Kajabi level at the beginning. Um, I think it's, great because it's all in one. It kind of just depends on what you need. My other favorites, Kajabi is obviously a great one. Um, Thinkific. And then I personally use Member Vault. Okay. Now you've made this sound so simple. So now (laughs) I'm going to ask the follow-up because you made it sound like everybody can start a course. Yes. 
Is there a certain kind of person or a certain who shouldn't start a course? I think you've just inspired all of us to do it. So (laughs) now who shouldn't do it? (laughs) But if you are brand new and you are just starting your business and just building your email list and building your audience, it is not a great time to start a course because you don't have the audience to buy it yet. So if you... And this was my mistake that the, the course that I tried to create at the beginning of my, um, my business, I was like, Oh, I'm good. I'm like, I've got it following. Nobody knew what I could do yet though. They didn't know how I helped people. They didn't know my style. They didn't know what they could come to me for. And I was trying to put out this, like, look at, I can help you master your social media. And they're like, who's this girl who just showed up? Cause they're not going to pay attention to that. So if you are building your audience, I would spend time building your audience and focusing on what your offers are, focusing on helping your um, audience, whether it's through your email list or social media, however it is. And then once you have that and you have more of an audience, you have more of a client list, then you can start diving into creating a course. But I would definitely wait. It shouldn't be like your first offer ever. Well, to that point, um, the episode before this one, right, Kate, about niching down. It's almost like if you're just starting out, you may not even know what your niche is. Like as photographers, we kind of, I feel like a lot of us have this journey of we're shooting everything, weddings, families, Mm -hmm. seniors, dogs, like doing the whole gamut. And so you may not even know what your specialty lies in. So at that point, like your audience isn't going to be fine-tuned enough to have Mm -hmm. those pain points for you to solve with a course. So um, I think that's, I think that's a really important point that you've brought up, Katie, is that if you don't have an audience, you're not even going to be able to ask those questions that you talked about before. Like, what are they asking you for? I don't know. I have five followers. I don't know. Like, you know, so I think it's important for people to realize that it all sounds grand, like, oh, I'm going to create this course. But a lot of it, you know, goes back to, and, and my personal experience with creating a course, and it's, it's, it's hard to, it all goes back to marketing. People yeah. aren't just going to like magically buy your course because you've created it just because it's there. They're not, they're not going to buy it. You need to be able to solve a problem that they actually have. And then to your point, sell it to said audience. And mm-hmm. it's that part of it once you have those really identified, it can be easy. Um, so I think that's a really important point to bring up and to our audience listening that it's really, really important to have that audience, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the other question that I had, you know, in this this episode wants to focus, like, is it is it worth someone doing? So let's say, and I know we didn't specifically say that, let's say they know they have an audience. They've been hearing the same questions over and over again. And they're like, I don't have the bandwidth to do this one-on-one. Maybe a course is right. They've got the audience. People are asking them, how can they understand? Because there are like, you know, even with a big audience, it's a funnel, right? It's a funnel. Only so many people, there's like industry KPIs that even if you have a hundred people show up to your webinar, like, you know, 10, 10 buy, and like, that's, that's it. Or, or will buy your course or whatever the KPI is how do they know it's going to be worth it? Or if you have any insight on like that, that forethought of like, will it actually be successful? Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, it's hard to tell because you could have all those, those things in place, 
But when you know that your audience wants it, that is, and how you launch it doesn't necessarily matter as much. I mean, you have to be talking about it for a long time, but I'm a lazy launcher. So I'm not someone who's going to spend a million hours launching either. That's not my style. Uh, I want, I want you to be able to launch something and then like, yes, launch it, but not be exhausted when you're done mm-hmm. and think like, oh my gosh, creating a course and launching it was like the worst. I'm never doing that again. I don't want anyone to <laughs> that's feel me that right way. now. Like literally so, that's why I, 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 I'm glad you're like, here and saying it is I'm exhausting. It. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. And so I like, I, it's refreshing hearing you be like, I'm a lazy launcher and you can still <laughs> make an income. Like yes. tell us about that. <laughs> Like, that's what I'm saying. It makes it sound so easy. Right. So, and, and that goes back to like that first course that I launched, like for me, you know, I thought I was doing all the things right at the time I was in a coaching program and it was like, yes, do this. This will be so great. This will be awesome. And then like looking back at it now, I'm like, but it wasn't like, that was a terrible idea. Like, I don't know why I was ever encouraged to, to do that because I just didn't, I did all the things right. Like my course was right my launch plan was right, but I just didn't have the audience. So it's having all those pieces, which is hard. But if you fast forward to now, so in in January, I launched my mini course and it was bananas because it was a low ticket offer. It was something that my audience came to me for. So it was was a real simple reels that convert. And on my course, it is not, um, it was not tied to like trends which made the difference. So I think when it's so specific and like, this is what you have to do right now. So I have to launch it now because it's going to change again in like five minutes, which social media world it does. But if you go back to the tried and true, the basics of what you do and how you help people, that's where the magic is. That's where the magic piece is. Not the trend of like, jump on this now because you might be disappointed that people aren't ready to jump on it now. (laughs) You know, but if you're, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, so do you think, um, you know, to, to your point about the mini course, um, Mm -hmm. so the, so when I launched my course, I was, I was taking a course on how to like launch a course and do the course. Um, the whole method that they taught was like to run a beta, like a beta round, which was basically live, like before you pre-record everything, like make sure that your audience really wants to teach it live. Is that, is that something that you would recommend or, cause I feel like a mini course is just so many, like you almost wouldn't need to run a beta round. It's almost like Mm -hmm. the mini course is almost your beta round in a sense. Like it kind of, it's so short and the time vested is actually, it's worth pre-recording that or doing whatever. And then having it be low ticket and like low stress. And then it reevaluate like keeping that as your beta course. Yep. That's exactly what it is. And I think, so the, the part about course creation is when you go into it, you are not going to know what your course looks like. You shouldn't know what your course looks like or decide what it's going to look like until you are like halfway through the process, which sounds crazy because people think that they're going to go in, I'm creating a signature course and this is how I'm going to launch it. And this is what it's going to look like. You don't know that until you get all the information out and organize it. And there's a whole method to that. Like that's, that's why I do this. I have a whole master's in it uh, and how you break this down, break down this process of course planning and instructional planning Uh, in order for it to be successful. So a lot of people go into courses exactly like that. I'm going to launch a certain way, or this is what it's going to look like. This is what my signature needs to do. This is the right way to do it. It's not, there's so many different ways that your course can launch and look. Um, And with a mini course in particular, you don't have to do that, uh, like a webinar type launch or live, live launch, really like you, I actually do recommend that everybody does their first launch live for every kind of course. 
but you don't have to have like a pre-round or a beta round unless you're doing a more like signature, then I would say yes. But for the mini course, the best part about it is that you don't have to do that stuff. So you have an offer. Mine was in, it was 45 minutes video, 45 minute video. They got some extras and that was it. That was the whole thing. It's not multiple modules. It's not multiple lessons. It's here's the 45 minutes. Give me an hour and I will transform what you do for, for me, it was real. So for reals. Um, and when it's that, when you can say, here's the time, oh, you're going to do it. I'm going to get results quickly and you're going to give me results. And I know your style. So I know you're going to give me results quickly. When people know that already, then you're, you don't have to spend all that time, like kind of building the trust for it. If it's a higher ticket offer, it takes people longer to invest a higher amount. So you're going to have to do a little bit more to get them interested. So you're going to have to do things like a webinar, but there are there are just, there are so many ways to launch. So um, it just really depends on the person's style and what their coaching style is, what they're offering, what their teaching style is, what their personality is like. So there's not really like a, there's not a right way to do it. I will say. No, this all makes so much sense. But as I said, you really are making it sound like we can all do it. So Yay, you can do it. Yeah, I know. So this is like a cheerleading. Where I'm like, oh my it. God, it's so much work. But now I'm like, okay, I know. Yeah, yeah, like maybe. Like, I yeah. mean, and I, you know, I still have my course and it's fantastic. I just, to be honest, I haven't launched it like through the whole live launch thing in a while. I do have it running evergreen now because I just, to your point, it's like it can be exhausting. And so I'm like, man, I should have just created like a series of like mini courses because I feel like, A, that's more sustainable. If I need to update something, it's not like I'm having to like go into like, you know, 12 different modules and like, you know, do the whole thing again. So I really appreciate everything that you've said here. Mm -hmm. And um, I think when it comes to course creation, it's a lot of work, but it doesn't have to be exhausting. Like it doesn't have to be draining and it can be actually pretty simple to start with. I I love that idea of the mini course. Like I'm like, oh man, shoot. Look (laughs) at what you have. Like, honestly, look at what you are already doing. And I can guarantee you have something that you can beef up a little bit with a video. Like that's, I mean, most of what courses are is you're looking at what you're already offering. And for a mini course, if you're looking at like your freebies or you're like a little tiny offer, maybe you have like something that was $7 and you want to expand on it a little bit. Um, I think that's what, like, you already have it. You already have the information. It's just how to organize it. And that's the part where people get tripped up on is how do I organize it? How am I going to launch it? Where am I going to host it? What is it going to look like? That's the part that people get tripped up on. You have the knowledge already. It's just how to put it all together in a way that you can launch. Get it out there to the people. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. Katie, this has been amazing. As I, as I said, I feel like even, even I can do it. Um, and I've never really thought about it seriously. So who knows what's coming down the line for me. Where can people find out more about you and what you offer? The best place is on Instagram. Uh, at the Miller Social is my handle. And then on my website, which is www.themillersocial.com. But Instagram is usually where I hang out. That's my preferred social platform. All right. Well, Katie, we'll, uh, we're hoping that people have taken a lot from this and you might have spawned a whole bunch more courses coming out mm-hmm. just because of this episode. 
Yeah. I love hearing that. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. As someone who has a course, and I guess you could call it a signature course, uh, from what the way Katie was describing it, um, it was really great to hear her break down the three course types from signature mm-hmm. to the like the focused to the mini. And I look back and while I love my course and everybody who takes my course loves my course and sees results, it is a lot of work. And I wish I almost would have stuck with more of the mini type of courses because of the, you know, she did kind of bring it back to like your, your lifestyle and how much of your audience you have. Like if you, if you have a big audience, which I have a decent size audience, but Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have millions of followers. So I feel like one of the smaller courses would have almost been a little bit better to start with, uh, and then bring it up to a signature course once I had a bigger audience. So I think, I think what the way she was describing it, I think could be really, um, useful for our audience to think about, and it doesn't have to be hard. I talk about how exhausting it is, but I think if you start with the right type of course, it doesn't have to be. Well, I think especially as entrepreneurs, we think big, right? We think all the stuff we want to we want to do the big course, right? So I think that it is important when you when you said to her, you know, I didn't expect that as the three courses. You know, I was with you on that. Like I thought she was gonna you should take you should take a course on this or you should do this, you know. So when she came up with those, I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense. And the thing is starting out with a mini course, then at least you can gauge people's interest too. Right. In in what you're in in what you want to share. And then, you know, and you're not spending hours creating. And you can roll that and and who knows, maybe you make that mini course and it's just doing so well for you that you kind of if you really don't have the time to do anything bigger, maybe you stick with that, or maybe you take that mini course and you roll it into something bigger down the line. Um but I, it definitely got me thinking of, you know, cause I, I have, I have thought about people asking me, you know, how do you start a blog? How do you start a blog? And I've thought to myself, well, there's so much involved, but if you broke it down to like the real basic steps, you could do some kind of mini course on it. So who knows? Yeah, exactly. My nice, my next endeavor, once I get the rest of everything <laughs> that I have on my to-do list taken care of, including Add it to your yeah. list, that's like the length of a CVS receipt. Yes, definitely. <laughs> oh gosh, those things. Those things are long. Those things yeah. are so long. Love the coupons though. Love the coupons. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. If you'd like to join our Facebook group, you can find us over at Cocktails and Content Creation Community. And you can find us on Instagram at, talk, at Cocktails and Content Creation. I'm Kate Andrews and you can follow me on Instagram for fashion, motherhood, and travel inspiration at Fashionably Kate and Co. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. Or if you're interested in taking a course on how to get into brand photography, you can there follow you me at the Brand Photographer Method. Make sure to tune in next time for another great episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating. <laughs>